to Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne, and I am Sabrina. Here we are once again. Every Sunday, we come to you and we bring you spooky stories. And sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, sometimes we scream, sometimes we sweat, (laughs) sometimes we pee our pants, sometimes we have to take articles of clothing off, (laughs) sometimes we're just overwhelmed, sometimes we lose our minds. That happens a lot. Speaking of losing minds, I literally asked my mom, I was like, are you crazy? Because... When I was home, I woke up. I had just like some terrible nightmares and I woke up and I wasn't feeling quite alone in my bedroom. Oh, no. And so I was just like, Ugh, and I got over it. And then the next day I told my mom, I said, oh, I almost got up last night because I was just feeling uncomfortable and I almost went to your room. And so then that night at like 11.15 p.m., it's dark out. We're all going to bed. And she goes... Or are you going to be okay in there? And I thought she meant allergy-wise because my windows were open. Oh, no. I said, yeah. And she goes, so, like, what happened last night? <gasps> and I was like, are you crazy? You don't ask someone right, right as they're going into bed. the room at night going to bed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think something's happening to my parents. Because well, also, yeah. my dad walked. We weren't even watching TV. We were all just hanging out in that room. Everyone's on their phones or reading or doing whatever. My dad gets up to go grab a glass of water, and I hear him just saying under his breath, ba ba duke No. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Did he just watch that movie? No, I, I, I asked him, and he goes, oh, I haven't seen it. But <laughs> he just likes to say creepy things while walking by himself in the house? I guess so. That's normal. I mean, I guess I do that, too. I say weird things all the time. Yeah. It's just now that we have this podcast, instead of thinking everything's funny, I'm like, oh my God, please don't. <laughs> Wait, actually, I was driving yesterday, and every person I passed on the road, I was like, they're going to kill me. That's a serial killer. And So suspicious. And I think that's the combination of us doing our podcast and of working on Blindspot, where we were talking about, like, the next big attack and all these crazy things that my whole mind is just filled with, like... Everyone is a bad person. Everyone is out to get you. You can't trust anyone. So. Everyone's guilty until proven innocent. Yes. In our we book. do it reverse around here. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like a bad friend because I've never watched Blindspot. I don't. Um, that's okay. I forgive you. I know a lot of people don't watch it. I, I'll, watch, I'll watch when, like, if you're ever acting in it or writing an episode yeah i probably will never <laughs> or directing or owning it or producing it owning it I'm just or singing take the, over singing the intro blind spot blind spot blind spot it's a little bit too goes. nice of an intro for our show it's more like <laughs> blind spot it's not like seventh heaven <laughs> no it's not unfortunately a little bit different from that show okay oh well. Um, speaking of a show, I was, I started watching Evil Genius on Netflix. Have you heard of it? Yes, I have, but I haven't watched it. Okay. I just started it. So I'm not, I'm not even fully through the first part, but I've just heard such great things about it that I'm, my expectations, expectations are very high and it's the one thing that I'm allowing myself time for outside of everything else that I'm doing. The theory behind the person who got away with robbing the bank in. Yeah. The like pizza man. 
Yeah. That like, horrible death where that pizza guy had a bomb strapped to yeah, it. Yeah. It's so And awful. it exploded and no one was ever really caught, right? And there were eight or nine pages as the like note that he had to give to the teller at the bank. Was usually if you're robbing a bank, it's like a note and it's like, give me all your money. It was a nine page note of like what they're going to do, why like, they're okay, going to give just money. Stand there for 45 minutes while the teller has right. to read it. Hey, here's a note. Um, I'm going to rob you, but take the time to read this first. What if the teller just got out a red pen and started making notes and underlining <laughs> things that were incorrect? And Editing just the back, grammar. Like, That's a good rough draft. Come back when you're... <laughs> She's actually an English teacher on the side. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, but it's horrible. But I hear it's really intense, so I'm excited to watch it. I finally watched Wild Wild Country. I haven't seen that. Oh, my God. You need to. What is it? It is so well done. It's about the cult that started in India. They were all following this guru, Bhagwan. (laughs) <laughs> and they moved Ma Anandshila, who was his assistant. They she moved basically everybody from India over to a small town of Antelope, which is in Oregon. Oh. And they just kind of took over this town. All these Rajnishis—that's what they're called—the group, mm-hmm. the cult, the Rajnishis—and <laughs> they were kind of working under the guise of it being a religion. And I do agree that in many other areas of the world because there are still groups of Rajneeshis around that it very well could be a religion but what was happening in the town in Oregon was not religious it was much more cult-like and it's just so crazy and it's the documentary is done so well because it gives you both sides so they interview people who were members in the cult they Mm -hmm. interview people who had high up positions in the cult People who still believe in the cults, people who realized that they needed to back away from the cults and they were being manipulated, and then also the manipulators. They literally interview Ma Anand Sheila, and Sheila was like the head lady. Oh my God. Really the mastermind behind a lot of this. And so right. it's just so crazy because the whole time you're like, I know the cults are bad, but still I was wavering. I was going to be drawn into it. Yeah, people would make really good points. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe they didn't mean to do that. Maybe they meant this. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. They're being manipulative. You have to keep reminding yourself. You were getting manipulated by a documentary. I know. And now the news is that Corinne is starting a cult. I'm moving to Oregon. (laughs) There's there's another documentary called The Push. And it's basically, I think you would like it. It's a psychology experiment. or Yeah, it's a psychology experiment. It's the idea that you can convince anyone to do anything given the right circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so in the documentary, they're trying to convince a guy to commit murder. Yes, I have that in my queue. I did not watch it. And I think I'd get very frustrated because basically that that would never fly in the U.S. Like that experiment, the IRB, the review board would just. I know. It's done. It's axed like. It's so there's so many ethical issues with them doing that. Oh, that, I completely agree. But I feel like just the idea of that experiment is so true and can happen. That's why cults, like that's why people fall into cults is because you can right. convince anyone of everything. But it's also so disturbing because they just took this innocent man and for the sake of a documentary and proving so a point, they probably wrecked his world and he doesn't even trust himself anymore. Right. Like that's I don't that's not okay. I know. But I also wonder if he has, I don't know. 
It's yeah, it's horrible. What sort of debriefing can you do in that situation where the person actually comes out okay? This is like Stanford prison experiment all over again. Oh, that is horrible too. And that wasn't even as bad as trying to convince someone to commit murder. Murder someone by pushing yeah. them off of a ledge. So Yep. I don't know. I, I haven't, haven't watched it, it yet. When but. I do, I'll let you know. You haven't seen it either? No, I that's the that's the other thing that I want to watch cuz it sounds so good. Yeah. Just well. interesting. Oh, okay. Last thing before we get into our stories this week. Mm-hmm. As we said in our Encounters episode, we have merch coming out tonight with this episode. So if you're listening, go check out our website. It is twogirlsonegostmerch.bigcartel.com. Or if to make it easier on you guys, it's linked on our uh, website, twogirlsonegostpodcast.com. So go check out our merch and see what we have. And as we've said many times, we're going to keep coming out with new designs. And we're really excited for this. This is huge. And, like, we've been working on it for months to put this together for you guys. And so when you receive any of your merch, send us photos. Post them on Instagram. Wear them proudly. Yeah, tag us. Um, And then also let us know if there's anything else you want to see or different styles of shirts. We obviously won't take everyone's consideration. Everyone's... uh, What's the word? We can... Suggestions? Suggestions, yes. Well, we can't, yeah. We can't. It's impossible. We, we can't don't have do infinite products to yeah. give, but, but we'll try our best. Yeah, but we like to hear back from you guys as listeners and just know what you guys think of everything. So, And there's going to be something for everyone, something flattering for everyone. Yes, yes. Because we have Sabrina, who is the skinny model, <laughs> and myself, who is the plus-size model. So we know... That there are <laughs> Serena's laughing. I'm but laughing at you. This is a thing. She, you sent me some stuff, and I was like, "No, girl, I will look like a linebacker <laughs> wearing that. We are not doing that. <laughs> that might look good on you." But <laughs> for those of us who like Kraft mac and cheese, uh, I love Kraft mac and cheese too. When was the last time you had mac and cheese? Mine was yesterday. Corinne, I eat every single meal at my office now. I don't have time to eat Kraft mac and cheese. That's true. <laughs> you should start ordering Kraft mac and cheese to the office. Oh, we should. That Those would be so cups. convenient. That would be my dinner. This is an ad for... No, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> we may as well be sponsored by Kraft mac and cheese. Literally. I'll reach out to them. Two girls, one mac and cheese. Two girls? My brother. Lots <laughs> my of brother mac was and saying... Cheese. What? He was looking out the window the other day and there were two squirrels fighting over toast. (laughs) And all he could think about was two squirrels, one toast. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I know. Oh, I hope they shared it. That would be the kind thing to do. Yeah, squirrels don't have empathy. Do they? I don't know. Maybe they get revenge on each other. Like, whichever squirrel won the toast, the other one went back and laid with the other squirrel's wife. (laughs) We'll get a squirrel on the podcast and interview it. So that's a good idea. Do this you is have now empathy? turning into a soap opera? <laughs> blind spot, blind spot, soap opera. I would, I would listen to that. <laughs> Between every scene is the blind spot, blind spot, doo-doo. and, and then it's just the a photo scene. of your. It's your face. You come out in a cloud in the corner singing. Yeah. <laughs> What was that that portion of the Amanda show where uh, it was like that, and her dad loses her toe and then a homeless his toe and then the homeless man gets it, something. 
I don't remember. You don't remember? Oh my gosh. No. I think, I think it ended with them going off in a hot air balloon. Oh my gosh. I like kind of remember, but I don't remember any of the lines. I do remember when she would try to play the piano or when she would prank call people. Oh, the prank calls were amazing. <laughs> we should prank call a psychic on our podcast, but then they'll no, know it's us mean. calling. But they're psychic, so they'll know it's us. Don't prank call people. Yeah, I guess that's the way to know. Are they really psychic? (laughs) Or maybe the ghost is like so done with talking to this person who constantly calls upon them. So the ghost won't even tell them, hey, someone's about to prank call you. So then we won't Mm -hmm. ask them on our show because their ghost is mad at them. Don't prank call. It's mean. Unless you're prank calling to tell someone they're beautiful. Is that a prank though? Or is that just a nice little mystery compliment? It's a mystery compliment in the form of a prank call. But never do it more than once because then that person might think that they have a stalker. Right. Speaking Which, of stalkers, have you heard from yours? No, I haven't. Thank goodness. Oh, that's Knock really on nice. wood. I guess he's moved on. Yeah, I mean, that's what I always you just think. just don't do it for him anymore. Thank God. <laughs> I'm so bummed that my stalker doesn't want me oh, anymore. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> Okay, on to our ghost stories. Am I first this week? I think I am. I think you are. Okay. I'm sorry, Actually, mine's I'm not a sure. little bit. I get confused between encounters. I know, I do too. Um, <sighs> Moving my location because my knees hurt because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old lady, Corinne. For us plus-size models, <laughs> our knees get a little more rickety. Oh. More to hold, more to love, harder to kidnap. That should be on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I truly am harder to kidnap, though. Like, I genuinely, I know that this is a thing. Because I, I, I actually am about 30 to 40 pounds heavier than what I look like I am. <laughs> and I've seen it in the faces of male friends who come up and they're like oh hi and they go and pick you up and swirl you around because they're excited and they're trying do to be kind and show how many muscles they have and they really go uh, uh, and lose all their breath when they lift me do people do that to you yes do they not do that to you no i don't like people touching me maybe i look like a challenge maybe it's a secret <laughs> challenge that i don't know about oh my god <laughs> it's not and i'm gonna quote someone who emailed us i think it was jeremiah who emailed us and was like in the subject line and corinne is pretty well i responded to jeremiah and i was like jeremiah thank you so much for all of these compliments my sense i actually do not have poor self-esteem i think very highly of myself i know trust me i know but my humor is self-deprecating because it's always better to make fun of yourself than to make fun of others it's a defense mechanism to make fun of yourself before other people can. Because then everyone else's jokes are not funny. You're like, yeah, I know. I've already said that. Stop yeah. stealing my jokes. Yeah, you Find your own stand-up joke. routine. <laughs> but then okay, everyone starts making fun of them because they're not original. And then they make fun of themselves for not being orig- original so that the original jokes aren't funny anymore. It's a whole circle. And then they have a Netflix special that comes out June 21st, 2018 called... Unoriginal unoriginal damn it this is a good idea why don't we do this because no one will put us on netflix (sighs) instead of performing on netflix we can perform on a live stage maybe one day stages theaters theaters 
ghosts. That is us. our topic. <laughs> One day, us with theaters and stages and ghosts. But We've already talked and said, if we do ever get to the point of doing live shows, we would love to only perform at haunted places. Yes. Who's stealing my snacks? It's the ghost. Backstage. Or is it Sabrina? Or is it you? <laughs> oh, no. You're stealing your own snacks. I did it in my sleep. <laughs> okay, right. sorry. We're this like, is 20 minutes yeah. of me just nonstop talking. Let's move on. It's your stand-up routine. Uh, <laughs> Unoriginal. <laughs> okay, so I chose... My theater's a little bit of a downer, but sorry. I've been in a dark place this past week. That's okay. Um, so the Iroquois Theater, which is now called the Ford Center for the Performing Arts Oriental Theater which is just a tongue twister that actors say backstage as a warm-up. Eric, wait, sorry, Iroquois? Iroquois Theater, yeah. Mm. Iroquois? That's, maybe it's just location-wise, but yeah, in New England we say Iroquois. It's probably Iroquois. But I think I'm There's... saying it with a French accent. Iroquois? Iroquois? Because I'm going to France this summer. <laughs> um... Okay, well, the theater is now called Ford Center for Performing Arts Oriental Theater. Say that ten times fast. Nope. Um, So I'm just going to call it Oriental Theater for short. Okay, so the Iroquois, Iroquois, how are you saying it? Theater, it opened in 1903 in Chicago, and it was the the location of the theater was actually chosen because, uh, if you remember, there were those big fires in Chicago. I think it was 1871, and... It was a massive fire. So, as, as you remember, when you weren't alive, as you remember, as you remember from my research that I did last night. So you remember. <laughs> uh, because of those big fires, people were very uh, cautious in Chicago and on edge in terms of just going to public spaces, and then also. Um, so the location was chosen because it was by the shopping plaza where all these police officers patrolled it. So they wanted women who were out on the town to see this theater, which I'm like, oh, they let women out? My God. (laughs) Um, but they wanted women to see this location of the theater and think, oh, this is a safe place. I want to go to this theater. The theater opened on November 23rd of 1903, and it was reported to be the most beautiful theater that few theaters throughout the world could meet its the uh, architectural perfection. Ooh. And it was also said in many articles to be absolutely fireproof. Well, that's just asking for a fire. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it, it's just like the most cruel irony what happened. So this fireproof theater... Wasn't the Titanic supposed to be like sink proof they compared this theater exactly they compared this theater to titanic throughout my research yes was it actually me who wrote the article online (laughs) just rereading it (laughs) it was your doppelganger who wrote the article maybe i wrote it in another dimension Ooh, i'm into that theory conspiracy theories learn all about them june 21st on our netflix special unoriginal unoriginal (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah, the uh, theater was actually the location of the deadliest single fire in United States history. Wow. So a little over a month after the theater opened, 
It was the afternoon of Wednesday, December 30th, 1903. Over 2,100 people entered the theater doors for the matinee performance of the musical Mr. Bluebeard. And most of those audience members were actually women and children because it was Wednesday afternoon. And it was the first sellout. (gasps) Oh, my God. What was that? Corinne, what was it? I have a trash bag out that I need to take out, and stuff shifted in it, and it just fell down. I think your ghost is trying to tell you something. My reaction was very strong to that. I flew my hands (laughs) up in the air. It's the worst. Ripped my heart with my other hand. This is the worst part about FaceTiming each other, because when something happens on the other person's end... They like you just reacted so crazily, so I was so confused, and I didn't know why you were reacting that way. So and I'm in the scared. dark. So I get scared because yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, someone's in your house, gonna kill you. No, it's just my trash. <laughs> okay, so this is actually the first sellout performance of the show. All the other performances were kind of duds, and so the actors were obviously excited. Mm-hmm. And it was so sold out that every single seat was filled. And the theater had to open a standing room area only in the back. So hundreds of people were in the standing room area. And people ended up sitting down in the uh, aisles because they didn't want to stand. Uh, And at around 3.15 in the afternoon, the second act had just begun when an arc light sparked a flame on the curtain. And a stagehand tried to put it out, but the fire quickly spread because everything in this theater was flammable. And it spread so fast. How can you say that it's fireproof if you put all flammable materials in it? I'm confused on the Well, this is the crazy thing. It's so much of it was preventable. And I'm just, I'm so confused because you would think after the fire of 1871, which was devastating to the city of Chicago, you would think that they would be so much more cautious and try to meet fire code instead of cutting corners to save a little, save a few bucks. God. Um, it's so the, again, like the Titanic and the amount of safety boats, right. rescue boats, whatever they're called. There was an actor, Eddie Foy, who was one of the lead actors, and he actually is thought of as a hero for staying up because he ran out at like the fire started everyone starts running it's chaos but he runs out onto the stage and tries to keep everyone calm and not to panic but he also was looking for his son who was in the audience and oh um, no oh my gosh can you imagine but his son was in the stage hands hands and i think and they both got out got out fine oh good but eddie was looked at as a hero just because he stayed out he stayed in the theater for much longer than he needed to he could have just ran and while he was telling people to calm down pieces of the of the building were falling in flames around him uh i mean the the image i have in my head of this fire is so horrible and traumatizing there's over 2000 people in this theater and there were 30 exit doors but only three of them were open or available to open. The 27 other ones were locked and no one could open them. What? Yeah. So people were like, thought that they were going to an exit and thought they were going to push open a door and it (gasps) wouldn't open. Oh, no. So people were trampling over each other. It's just so horrible. Accidents happen, but also like you're asking for something if you're that irresponsible to lock all the safety doors, the emergency exits during... I know. A show like it's one thing if it's after hours and you lock up right 
Mm-hmm. It's just it's just these places and and everywhere. No one no one expects this to happen, so they don't prepare well. And it, it's 1903, so I think maybe standards were a little bit different. Uh, so and then this is the worst part is that someone in the back of the theater, someone who was trying to get out, opened these large freight doors in the back, which they used to bring in pieces of the set. Mm-hmm. And because of the way the doors opened, it oh, caused no. a psychonic blast of fire that just... Because it's like a vacuum. Just yeah. Whoop. And it was just an enormous fireball. So the people who were in the orchestra street seats, this just massive fireball came in and just incinerated everything. Jesus. <sighs> The deaths are like, there are some gruesome details that I'm going to say, and I'll tell you when I'll say them. So if anyone wants to skip ahead, you can. Okay. Um, well, I can't. You I can't. To Corinne here. can't. Uh, I'll lay down so I don't faint. Okay. But I just felt like this whole thing was so avoidable, like I was saying. The building was not fireproof, and even a fire department captain pointed, like, came in toward the facility before it opened and said that there were tons of deficiencies. There were no sprinklers, there were no alarms, there were no telephones, and there was no water connections if there was a fire for a fire truck to come and put the fire out. It just, there was nothing. So how were they able to open their doors is my question. I don't know. And Were they operating illegally? Well, I think it was that people, so even the the fire department captain in there was like a quote from him and it said he knew that if he uh reported it the report would have just been like waived and that this like there were there was a whole trial after this because it was like there were so many people responsible for it and like people who just turned a blind eye and people who didn't do the correct procedures so it just seemed like there was a little bit of corruption maybe whoever opened the theater had more money and paid people to turn away look away uh, okay i mean it's chicago we all know uh good old al capone was there not in 1903 but money buys everything in chicago we're all over the world to be fair that's true i spent okay. a lot of money when i was in chicago eating i ate so oh, the much pizza. i threw up i drank I so much i my... threw up there you drank so much yeah but to be fair (laughs) i was training for my half marathon at the point so we went out and drank a ton the night before and then me and my friend woke up at 6 a.m and ran eight miles and then i threw up so either the drinking or the running (laughs) i had no excuse i came in hot i flew in i went straight to the sub shop i got a whole cake inside of a milkshake i ate other people's fries i went snacking after and then at dinner i ate a just too much it was a one course meal but it felt like a marathon (laughs) and then i threw up in the snow at the end so thumbs up (laughs) (laughs) success in life i did it chicago i tried as many food items as i possibly could in the few hours no better way to experience a new place than by eating their food that's yeah that's what you remember and if you have limited time you have to stuff it all in literally in the time that you can hashtag get stuffed <laughs> Corinne, you're on one today it's a appropriate time of day it's ten thirty, so i've woken up i wish i was on the same page 
I got dressed in the dark, so now my socks are on inside out. Are they matching at least? Yeah. I picked them out oh, last that's night. Good. I once wore my thong backwards and inside out all day long. <laughs> that is like hard backwards. to do. The the string was in the front. Oh, I, I, I understand what backwards means. I don't know how I didn't notice. I don't know either. <laughs> it's because I'm so petite. I basically blow in the wind. So thongs don't even fit me. They just fall off. <laughs> You're basically invisible like a ghost. The thong just went right through you. <laughs> It was so windy when I was home. My mom is so tiny, and it was so windy outside, and I, she was in the kitchen by the window, and I was like, Mom, you can't go outside today. It's not safe for you out there. Put some weights on her to hold her down. I know, those ankle weights that people hike with. <laughs> I'll give them to her for, ah, damn it, Mother's Day already passed. Well, there's, you can treat your mother every day. Oh, what a kind daughter you are. I don't, but you can. <laughs> Um, okay, okay. So now to the serious stuff. If you do want to skip ahead, it's not like the most gruesome in the world. It's not murder and massacre, but it is. Well, it is massacre. So you can skip ahead 30 seconds. Okay. So the day of the fire, there were these iron, iron gates barring the star- stairways. So all the people trying to come down from the balcony areas. <gasps> couldn't get out and so they were just trampling over each other and it was actually that area was the cause of the largest death toll and hundreds of people were trampled crushed and asphyxiated people would jump out of windows on the balcony area and or fall off those areas and the first few people to do it unfortunately fell to their deaths because it's high it's a high jump but the bodies of the people who fell first acted as cushions for the people who fell (gasps) after Oh, it's not pretty to picture. No. And by the end of the fire, there were piles of bodies stacked 10 high in certain areas. Good Lord. This sounds like the movie 300 or something. So there was actually a Northwestern University, which is in Chicago. There was a building from the university across the way. So students up in the windows like sent this massive ladder across the way so that it's vertical over the street trying to help people who are in the higher parts of the theater climb across to the other side to their building. And so a few people got away with that way, but it just, I mean, there's only so much weight that that can hold. And um, it took 20 minutes for the fire department to learn of the fire. So they finally arrived at 3.33 p.m. And by the time the fire was put out, There were over 575 people killed in the fire, and 30 people died from their injuries in the following weeks. And I think the total number is sometimes, it's between 602 and 605. It's different in every report, but it's also believed that there were a lot of unaccounted for deaths Mm. just because bodies were moved. And then 600 is already so So many. When I think of mass fatalities on the news, in the United States, I think of like seven, 12, right. not 600. 600 is a lot. That's why it's the biggest fire or single building fire in the United States history. It's just, oh it's gosh. a horrible event. <sighs> and because of this, actually, the fire at this theater caused a, a change throughout the world. All of the theaters in New York City shut down to kind of retrofit themselves to fit 
and match fire codes and prevent any of this from happening. They all marked their exit doors. They eliminated any standing room. And actually, it, it even traversed to Europe, where a lot of European theaters did the same thing. And then all of the all of the theaters in Chicago were closed down for, I think, the next month, just in respect for everyone that had passed away. Yeah. Um, the building was rebuilt with the same exterior because after the fire, the exterior was exterior was the only thing that remained. So they used the same exterior and rebuilt the inside. It was opened as the colonial theater in 19 and then in 1926 it was demolished to make way for the oriental theater which has been open since may 8 of 1926 and like we know areas of such horrible events are often areas of paranormal activity dun 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 okay this is horrible and these people in your life would be banished to doll island if they were alive now, but after mm. the fires, there were tons of criminals that searched the bodies of people around the theater for jewelry, money, and oh stole gosh. their identities. What? Oh, ew, that's so Isn't creepy. That horrible. Yeah. I just had such a strong visceral reaction to that. <laughs> like, I can't even imagine. That's so disturbing to me. It's so disturbing. And so that that's another reason that people believe that there are so many more spirits around the theater because these people not only are robbed of their lives, but they are literally robbed of their physical self. Like their identities are stolen after their Mm -hmm. death. Um, Kevin Melvin Berg, who's the co-owner of weird Chicago said his tour groups experience more activity at the theater than anywhere else in the city. So I'm curious for all of our listeners, if anyone's experienced anything, because I think we have a good amount of listeners who live in Chicago. But Kevin said he has found a lot of people catch spirits on photo on camera. So there's a lot of photography with spirits on the walls and in the background of photos. And they've seen shadow people in the theater. Ooh. Which we've talked about. And I think just because there are so many deaths and it's such a dark place that darker entities are drawn to it like a feeding ground oh and those poor it's so many women and children too i know uh kevin said he's seen what looks like an apparition that is as real as you or i corinne just walking in the alleyway and he just saw it and then he kind of like did a double take and the next time he looked it was gone oh my gosh and the alleyway which is actually which has been given the name the alley of death and mutilation Oh, what? or or just Death Alley because that's where so many people died. It honestly sounds like Harry Potter. It it does. That's exactly yeah. what I thought of. But Diagon Alley, a little bit different than Death Alley. Slightly, slightly. <laughs> and that is the area that most people see or experience paranormal phenomena. There have been lots of apparitions that have been seen there, and other staff members or actors who spend a lot of time in the theater will hear cries in the shadows and they refuse to go up to the balcony areas because it is constantly cold up there and that is where they report seeing most of the shadow people oh my gosh oh and okay so i was trying to find specific anecdotes of people seeing the shadow people and i couldn't but i ended up finding a weird correlation between in chicago between shadow people and the mothman 
And I wonder, because most of the experiences of people who saw the Mothman had, in the days previous, seen shadow people or the hat man in like repetitively for like four or five nights before they saw the mothman oh oh my gosh what i know this is so weird so this is another conspiracy i have i didn't do a ton of research on it but i'm i might write a thesis paper for myself what does that even mean is mothman the papa of the shadow people i don't know or chicago is just filled with shadow people and dark entities and something else is going up going on in chicago frank sinatra was wrong chicago's not that great (laughs) it might be for shadow people in the mothman but (laughs) it's not for humans at least you know you'll be welcome in the afterlife there maybe frank sinatra's a hat man (gasps) he did wear a hat (laughs) maybe he still does maybe he's in chicago Another conspiracy theory from Two Girls, One Ghost. (laughs) Uh, Bold uh, claims over here today. (laughs) The last anecdote I'll share is that that the SNL Saturday Night Live, if you're not familiar, you should be, uh, alum Anna Gasteyer went on to Celebrity Ghost Stories and she told an experience about performing as Elphaba in the musical Wicked at the Oriental Theater where she had lots of chilling experiences. So one of them happened in the alley where she saw an apparition. And she said that all of the other actors on set or in the show, not on set, that's that's blind spot. In the show. Blind spot, blind spot. Blind spot. (laughs) I have to do it once a show. Uh, All of the actors would avoid the alley at all costs because they felt so uncomfortable and that they described and she described it as dismal and gloomy and that people who spent any time there immediately felt overwhelmed and terrible Mm -hmm. uh so on december 30th which is the anniversary of the fire anna was performing in wicked and at the end of act one alphaba the witch learns to fly so anna was flying up in the air and the stage is filling with smoke and the music was swelling she looks to the wings of the stage and sees these people, women and children, standing in the wings where people aren't typically standing unless you're oh about to go onto stage. Oh, my God. And she didn't think much about it. She goes to her dressing room. It's the end of its intermission. She goes to walk down the long hallway to her dressing room, and she hears a child crying. And then a moment later, she sees a woman with two children standing at the end of the hallway, and they're dressed in this, like, period clothing. It's winter wear. And she said that the the mother, the woman, exuded a lot of sadness. Anna nodded to the family, or the woman and children. And the woman nodded back, turned a corner with the children, and disappeared. And Anna said she was sure that it was... uh, a family who had perished in the fire in 1903 because, and she felt like they were just watching the show because Wicked is such a fun, family-friendly show. Yeah. And that she believed they were enjoying the show and that that they weren't. But they were up, like, in the flies. Yeah. (gasps) That's freaky. Can you imagine being, and, like, she's trapped flying through the air in costume. Like, she... She can't she's control her up. direction. Yeah. yeah, she's she's stuck there with them. 
Wow, that's really spooky. I know. Well, if we ever get to do a live show in Chicago. I would love to do a live show in Chicago. I'm excited to hear about this. We are in Wellington, New Zealand now. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, I feel it. I can. I feel the sun. Do you? But it's winter Do you there, hear so. the Māori drums and the Kiwi people talking to you? And <laughs> Is it okay to say that? Are you allowed to call them Kiwi people? I think you can. Okay. It's like Americans and Kiwis. I right? mean, there's no convincing me. I believe you. I, mean, I believe everything everyone says. I studied you know abroad there and they all called themselves Kiwis. Okay, then there you go. Okay. I've been to Wellington. I'm they jealous. actually have a... Like the Hollywood sign, they have their own version in Wellington. Wow. With some like wind on it. It's cool. It's a, I would recommend going there. I really liked it. It was awesome. All right. I'll go. Okay. We can go together. And I'd perform to there. At the St. James Theater. Okay. It's currently under construction because, I mean, as of like a month ago, it just started going under construction um, because they had a little earthquake test thing and it's not quite earthquake resistant so but these are the things that you need to do before allowing people into your theater right so they're making the proper adjustments for this theater and it will be reopened next year 2019 you can go but the saint james theater opened back in 1912 and it has been used for a variety of shows from silent movies to the royal new zealand ballet to the new zealand international arts festival Ooh. A lot of stuff going on there. While the theater is temporarily closed, it does not mean that it's quiet. (gasps) Because? Ghosts! Squirrels! Pirates! (laughs) Demons! Lord help her. (laughs) Okay. Um, One of the ghosts is a Russian performer who goes by the name of Yuri. Supposedly, Yuri fell to his death while he was performing up in the flies one day. Some say that he did not fall, but he was actually pushed by a female dancer named pasha oh my pasha pasha well we don't really know about yuri well i mean i don't want to say anything good or bad about yuri but apparently yuri had taken the liking a liking to some of the female dancers so i think he was trying to pursue them and they were like no man leave us alone so So they plotted against him well it's like did he commit suicide because he was so continuously rejected or did one of the ladies find some relief by pushing him not that that's relieving don't kill anyone by pushing them off of yeah. a stage but i'm you know what go i go get a massage that's relieving. go yeah go just lay on the ground mother earth will take care of you <laughs> or did maybe yuri just accidentally fall and it's just this horrible tragic death regardless of how he passed he is still in the theater his spirit remains He announces his presence by playing with lights, and he especially loves to do it once everyone has left for the night. So all of the cleaners will finish up, and they'll turn off the lights, but then when they come back in the morning, all of them are on. So he doesn't light the dark. Maybe he doesn't. That that could be true. What if there's something else lurking there, and he's like, nope, nope, I don't want to be here alone in the dark. I hope not. But people don't really mind the lights too much, because Yuri is actually a good ghost to have around. He is a life saver (gasps) you love life-saving ghosts i do i mean who doesn't who doesn't your guilty pleasure (laughs) love a good life-saving ghost (laughs) every now and again uh he saved the life of the projectionist not once but 
twice. Okay, why is this projectionist getting into life-threatening situations so many times? The first time it happened was when the projectionist was on stage and the lights, one of the lights went out. So it was really dark in the area that he was in. So he starts walking around, fumbling, trying to find the light to turn on. And then suddenly he's pushed backwards. (gasps) The light comes back on and he realized that if he had continued to walk just one more step, he would have fallen into the orchestra pit and probably died or very seriously injured himself. I've fallen into an orchestra pit before. Where? (laughs) <laughs> at my high doing? school it was at my high school because i was in the theater program and it was the same situation it was dark and i was like being a stupid 14 15 year old girl and i was like dancing on the stage and then all of a sudden boop you didn't hurt yourself oh i had a lot of bruises oh. it was my ego more than my physical <laughs> being you could have used Yuri in this moment because he really? pushed back the projectionist and saved him. And then another time, the projectionist was on stage with his newborn son. <gasps> Very bad timing to have his baby with him because a beam cracked wow. and started to collapse from <gasps> above. And as it was falling, right before the projectionist could react to it falling, he was pushed back. And his son was taken into invisible arms and peacefully carried through the air about 10 feet. Giggling. As it's being carried through the air. (laughs) Well, it was a newborn. He probably was just like laying there like a little potato. He doesn't know. Like the glowing, twinkling eyes looking up at a ghost. Yeah, I'm sure Yuri was quite handsome as a dancer. Yeah, he peacefully, he saved the dad. Yuri saved the dad, the projectionist, and then grabbed the baby really quickly and was like, do-do-do, here we go, off to the side to safety. Little baby. So this all makes me wonder if there is actually something else going on in the theater and something darker because it's a weird coincidence that twice these things have happened around the projectionist. Something, a beam nearly breaking and falling on him and all, like the lights going out to make him fall, nearly fall yeah. to... I don't want to name names or blame any ghosts that may not be responsible, but there is a thin, tall man that's seen in the theater, and people see him say that he's about in his 30s, but no one knows who he is or what he's doing there. And all the other spirits have a backstory, and people kind of know mostly like who they are. So maybe no. he's just hanging out, and he's going to be upset that no one knows who he is and that right. I'm now accusing him of some darkness. But He always wanted to be an actor. Who knows? Yeah, maybe that was it. But he's the one that's kind of unaccounted for. Interesting. Okay. Stan Andrews is another spirit who makes his home at St. James Theater. (laughs) He managed ushers in life. And in death, people still hear him wheezing backstage during performances, (laughs) presumably checking on the ushers. Oh. He's like running about. Yeah, he's wheezing, but he's doing a great job. You know, he's hustling. Mm -hmm. While the sound of wheezing may be unpleasant, I wrote, (laughs) it may be better than the wails of the wailing woman. She appears frequently at night, crying and moaning, and it's believed that she was a failed actress who was attempting to make a comeback, but she was booed off of stage. That is horrible. Who booed someone? Oh, my God. I always... I always think this, you know, in like movies or shows when like people throw tomatoes and like junk food at people. I'm like, that doesn't happen, does it? 
But clearly it does. People get booed off stage. I, I mean, Jennifer Hudson throws her shoe at people who perform on The Voice, but that's a good thing. Yeah. I don't know, but don't make anyone feel like crap, you guys. We've talked about it before. Actors can be some of the most sensitive people, right. and it's hard to be constantly rejected. So depression runs rampant. Just amongst- prank call and give them a compliment. But not too many. Just one. <laughs> Just one call. Okay, so she's booed off stage. Poor girl. And she runs for the dressing room and starts wailing, a.k.a. crying. Oh. And later, she commits suicide. Oh, it's not known it's if she so committed horrible. suicide actually in the dressing room or if it was when she got home that night. But regardless, her spirit remains around oh, the dressing room so area. Sad. And the stage, I know. And unfortunately for the living female actresses that go to St. James Theater today to perform, the Wailing Woman is not a great spirit to have around because I think she's a little bit jealous. Mm. And people blame this Wailing Woman for all of the oddities and injuries that seem to surround the female performers, like getting sick and spraining ankles and falling from ladders and losing their voice right before their big performance, all of this stuff. Ooh, that makes me think of Ursula. She's stealing their voices. <laughs> we all know Corinne's a singer, okay? I, but I'm really not. Like, you, I can't oh my sing. Yes, you can. This is why I have a big head. It's because of you. <laughs> <laughs> not the mac and cheese. It's because of my compliments. <laughs> My dad did try to measure the circumference of my head one time. And? It was upsetting. It was too large. Too large. (laughs) I want a petite noggin, and I have a massive one. It's because your brain is so big. I'm like a Bratz doll. Oh, my gosh. Okay, back to the wheeling woman. Enough about me. fine. Okay. Um, Although the women seem to be targeted... These injuries and illnesses, I wrote, because I want to be, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to just assume it's the wailing woman. Because all of these things can be natural occurrences. Like, right. you're, you're performing, you're prepping for the performance, you lose your voice, you get sick from being around other people and right. late hours and whatever. And as we know, there's stuff all over. And you especially, you worked behind the curtains. What's that I called? Did. Backstage? Behind the curtains. Um. But yeah, there's stuff around. Like you can trip, you can oh yeah, fall, you can sprain your ankle, a ladder can slip. Like th- things can happen. Yeah. But so I I just feel bad because what if this poor wailing woman is not doing all of this stuff, but people are just blaming her and she can't and that's even why she break and keeps death. wailing. Oh, break my heart. This is real life moaning Myrtle. There are a lot of those. Annika San. I still cannot go into the third stall. I only use the third stall now. (laughs) Is that weird? Uh, One interesting thing to know is that Peter Jackson, who many Mm -hmm. of us know and recognize the name of from Lord of the Rings, he had lived in the apartment across from St. James Theater when he was a bit younger. And he actually came across the Wailing Woman one night when she decides that she's just going to leave the theater and instead go stand at the foot of Peter Jackson's bed. She was trying to latch on to him. Maybe she had a crush on him. Or that. Attracted to his motivation. And but his he was vision. a child, so. Well, no, no, no. He was like a young adult. Oh, okay. Then that's cool. 
I, I just mean like younger than he is now. I'm sure oh, he's okay. not renting a small apartment across from the theater. I'm sure he has a large home. Gotcha. 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 Before he had a ton of money, he lived in this theater, <laughs> or in the apartment. Kind like, of us. like us. Like okay. us right now. Like us. Ooh, I wonder if when I move to Beacon Hill, if there will be a bunch of ghosts. I bet there will be. And one of my coworkers said, I don't really believe in a lot of the ghosts, but I do believe in Beacon Hill ghosts. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. TBD. I'll let you guys know in September when I move. Okay. And lastly, a boy's choir haunts the St. James Theater. The story goes that during World War II, there was a boy's choir that was going around touring and performing. And they had their very last performance here before they left by boat to continue their tour. And the boat and the boys were never seen again. Oh, no. Staff at the theater will often hear the music of the boys' choir coming from the stands. And when they go up there to investigate, as soon as they're right in front of the spot where the music is coming, it will just move over like a few more seats. It just like bounces around. Just let me sing. Each boy's taking a turn. Wow. Yeah, pretty crazy. I'm just glad that they were able to come back to the theater and that they're not stuck out in the open sea. That's true. And at least they're all together and they're doing something that they enjoy. Don't make me sing. I think I could do opera. People are going to start calling you the wailing woman. I'm down with that. It's a specialized genre of opera. Mm. It's called whaling. <laughs> You're going to be a star, Sabrina. I know it. Destined for the stage. <laughs> I'm going to be a star. We have listener stories. I have a listener story. I'm actually really excited to tell you this one. And Corinne and I had... <laughs> so had Corinne and I respond to so many emails that we... <laughs> last night, we're like, I swear I responded to that one. And Corinne was like, no, I swear I responded. I was like, I would like bet, bet money <laughs> that I responded to this guy. And then we realized I had responded to many of his emails, but you responded to this one, which is why yeah. it was so confusing. <laughs> so I was like, um, no, he's my guy. I'm the one who responds. We both thought we were going a little crazy last night. <laughs> we're losing our minds. And this is like the third time that this has happened to us. Yeah. <laughs> and we even... We, we're starting to adopt each other's vernacular too, so... yes. I'm like, oh, well, you can tell when I write it because I say these, like, few things. And use, like, this kind of punctuation. (laughs) Yeah, it's the... Or you'll be like, oh, well, I use this punctuation or write my sentences like this. And I'm like, well, I do, too. (laughs) We are becoming one... (gasps) Maybe we are the one ghost. Who are Corinne and Sabrina? Okay, this is from Michael. And he says... Good evening. Whilst thinking the other day that I wish something paranormal would happen to me, I remembered something that happened around 10 years ago. Myself and my ex went to the cinema to see Orphan, which is a scary movie. Ooh, yes, it is. Yeah, it was one of the first movie uh, horror movies I saw in the theater. It's when I started to get brave. <laughs> it's uh, a really good movie. Yeah, I really like it. Okay, Michael says, now I am old-fashioned and I prefer, prefer to support the local cinemas rather than the major chains. That's very nice of him. The theater we went to was opened in 1947 after the original was bombed in World War II. It was also built using many, as many materials from the original bombed building as possible. I digress. We chuckled at how small and old the cinema was and the fact that we could hear the projector reel. There was also just as... 
just us and another couple in the cinema. The other couple left halfway through because either the film scared them or the old damp smell got too much. After the film ended, we left the screen and the place was all closed up. I looked for someone who worked there, but I found nobody. The projector room was open and nobody was around. A lady then came around the corner and said that they were closed now and we would have to use the emergency exit. We talked about how old-fashioned she looked and as we walked around looking for the exit, we couldn't find it. So we walked back to ask her the directions again, but she was gone. The shutters were all closed and all of the lights were turned off. We eventually found the door we needed, which led down a brick tunnel from the war and out onto the beach below. We made our way back to the car and drove past the cinema some five minutes after leaving, and the cinema was packed. What? People queuing for sweets and popcorn and buying tickets. The shutters were all up. All of the lights were on. So I went back in to see if there was some kind of joke being played on us, but there was nothing. I can't, to this day, explain what happened that evening, but that cinema went from being empty and closed to buzzing in a matter of minutes. I've been back several times and often take my daughter there, and nothing has happened since. I hope you two are well and the noisy cat, which makes me chuckle. I am off to the most haunted village in my country, county soon, the village of Pluckley in Kent. Well worth having a read about. I have attached a picture of the cinema and circled the door that led us outside after a long walk through the tunnel through a cliff. Have fun and see you on the other side, Mike. Isn't it? I'm just. Doesn't it blow your mind? Yes. He he point, traveled to another time. He did. This is just one of those like weird time manipulation, paranormal yeah. experiences, which are one of our favorites because they're yes. just so mind blowing, and there's no explanation, and you can't recreate it. No, and you and I feel like the more you try to recreate it, the less likely it is to happen again. Yeah, you and just keep convincing me, yourself even more. That it was something paranormal. And this reminds me of, in the town I've, I've talked about a few times, Cape May, which is Exit Zero in New Jersey. It's the beach that we used to go to every summer. There's a street called Jackson Street, which I still believe is the most haunted street in the U.S. But it is said that people will walk along the street, and if they're alone, it will be as if they've transported to another time, and people in 1920s dress or old-timey wear We'll start walking down the streets with them. Oh my gosh. That's just so, so confusing. I would think I was going mad if I saw that. I know. It's so crazy. And as a writer or just a creative person, and maybe you pictured it the same way, Corinne, because we are one ghost, uh, (laughs) I imagine that they like, I just pictured in my head, they're finished watching the movie, the credits are rolling, they're leaving, and then all of a sudden everything turns to black and white, and they're living in like an old-timey film, and see this woman who tells them to go out through the tunnel, and they go through the tunnel, and then it gets back into color when they're in their car passing it. I know. Oh my god. Like, everything's darker and damper and grayer, and then it just suddenly all this vibrant color comes, and you're like, whoa, where did I just go? Yeah. That's so freaky. Oh, my gosh. I want him yeah. to go ask the theater, like, the attendants if, if they've ever anyone experienced, has experienced anything like that. Yeah. I also wonder, I mean, I'm, I am I bet that door to the tunnel is locked off, right? Like, they don't have regular people just going through that any old day. I guarantee it just, in that moment, was open and available for him to go through. 
And it's like, is this some paranormal occurrence that's just sort of like a wormhole almost? Mm-hmm. Or is there some sort of spirit that we don't really know about that will manipulate this time and open up these spots for certain people? I don't know. It's like a Pokemon. Is that their it's like thing that they do? Maybe. Their power? Or is it just like a weird glitch? We should do ghost trading cards. That'd be so fun. I like, I'm all on board with that. You will have a whole collection of pirate ghosts. I'm trying to think of all the ones. I'm quiet because I'm just coming up with a bunch of ideas. Uh, this is called, actually, I think you responded to this one. Oh. Originally. But you get to listen to it again. Okay. Okay. This is called Telephone to the Dead. Hey, ladies. First, great podcast, obviously. Second, I binged it all just so I could tell you my story and make sure you haven't talked about the subject yet. (laughs) That's so funny. But also, to be clear, you guys can email us about any subject, even if we've already talked about it. Yeah, it could always be in an Encounters episode. And then I'm sure we'll eventually look back around and hit some of these topics again. Exactly. Okay. Here it goes, she writes. Have you heard of the telephone to the dead or a spirit box? Basically, it's a device that scans radio frequencies super quickly and spirits are able to manipulate the changes to speak through the box. The idea is that because it changes so because it changes frequencies so fast, if more than a word or two come through, it's a spirit talking. Oh my gosh, I remember this story. I okay, so I actually haven't really read it. I just kind of spotted that she mentioned a theater and I stuck it in. Okay. So this okay. is really my first time reading it. Okay. Okay. So my senior year of college, we had a psychic medium come to the school during Halloween. He told us all about his gifts and after his presentation asked us, asked if any of us wanted to go talk to some spirits with his spirit box. And about 20 or 30 of us took him to the most haunted spot on campus. I'm just picturing a guy off the street to be like, hey, you want to come talk to some spirits with my spirit box and me? <laughs> he opens his trench coat. There's a bunch of sage sticks in there for you to buy. And like what the other side is just like all different types of spirit boxes. And then he disappears and you realize he was never ever there. Oh, and he was naked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that just made it so much better. Okay. <laughs> also, I've decided that if for one of for my 30th birthday, I'm doing. Oh, maybe it should be my 33rd birthday or my 66th birthday. I don't know. One birthday, I'm going to do like a psychic reading thing. Oh. <gasps> Can we do it sooner? Maybe for my... Oh, wait. I'm about to be 25. I was going to say for my 25th, but that's too soon. Yeah. You have to plan it. Yeah. Okay. So my senior year of college... Oh, wait. I already read that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And about 20 or 30 of us took him to the most haunted spot on campus. Also, I just need you to know that my school was founded on October 31st, 1891. So cool. Day. That's she goes to Halloween Town University, basically. Right. Or Hogwarts. We went to the campus theater because it's haunted. Aren't they always though? A man died there a few decades ago and performers constantly talk about how they see him and hear him around. So the psychic sits on the stage and opens up his box. He connects with the guides on the other side and he tells them and he tells us we just need to keep asking questions. So we started. First, someone asked if Pam was there. She was the president of my college who suddenly died right before the summer of my freshman year of school. Suddenly, we hear a woman say, hello, hello. 
Now, (gasps) it was startling to say the least, but there were a bunch of students there who knew her and they were shocked. It sounded just like her. Wow. (gasps) Oh my gosh. So we continued to ask questions. Who was the man that died here? How did he die? Does he like it when we leave the light on for him? We found out his name. I don't remember. But he said he didn't like the light on at all. <laughs> They've since turned off the light oh, at night. Wait. That's funny. It's the opposite of your ghost. He wants to just be left alone. Yeah. We asked about all of the urban legends on campus. Did someone die under the bell tower? No. We met a little boy who died in the 70s, I think. But then... I thought I would take my chance and ask a question I was thinking about all night. Oh, my gosh. Is my dad there? The psychic prompted me back. I need a name. So I said, shaking, is Doug there? And he said, I need a full name. So I said, is Doug Smith there? And the psychic waited about half a beat and basically said, nope, and started to move on. So I took my chance. And that was that. Until he said, wait, did you hear that? And my dad had weighed, made his way through the spirits we were talking to. And I heard his voice. Hey, Peanut. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Oh, bloody chills. I know. Same. Obviously, I was a mess. My dad died when I was 12 and I never really got much closure with it. He was sick with cancer and we had taken him to get some experimental treatment. I said goodbye to him with a hug and a kiss and watched him and my mom drive off for the treatment. My mom came back alone the next day. That night, my dad told me to stop crying because I was a mess at this point and that he loved me. He told me that he was okay. And damn, that was the only thing I needed to feel better. I sobbed through the rest of the session with the psychic. He closed the box a little later and was just kind of content looking. He said, look at what can happen. Who knew we'd connect with your dad? And I was so happy. I immediately called mom and told her what had happened. She told me that my dad loved the paranormal and that if he ever had the chance to connect to my sister and I, he would do it in a heartbeat. I don't know if my mom believes me or said that to make me feel better, but that was the most real thing I've ever done in my whole life. Now I'm 26 and I found the love of my life. I'm looking at psychics to see because I absolutely need my dad's approval (laughs) of him. (laughs) Obviously, he'll love him, but I just need to know. (laughs) That's amazing. Thank you, ladies, for putting on the best dang spooky cast I've ever heard. See you on the other side, Michaela. I'm grinning so hard. I know. My cheeks. I actually told my mom the other day, I said, when you die, I want you to... She's like, I don't want to stay around as a ghost. And I was like, just like... Come by, say like say your thing to me, make yourself known, haunt me for a little bit, then go have peace. I was like, it will make me feel better. Just really quick, really quick. Just quick haunting. So, scare me real bad and then say goodbye. The Haunting Express. Just for little five-minute drop-bys, you know? I know. Because losing anyone you love is just so hard to deal with and just having a one little goodbye even if it's in the afterlife can go a long way i need to know more about these spirit boxes because i would like to use one and i was thinking about it too i don't know who would come through for me yeah but corinne this is my only thing and i think spirit boxes are great but i also think there are a lot of spirits that can come through it 
And I've watched a lot of YouTube videos where demons come through it. You had literally just said like 10 minutes ago that you want to do my psychic birthday sooner. And now you're telling me no? (laughs) But it's, yeah. See, I'm on board for a lot of things and then I'm a chicken. So (laughs) it's one thing to like talk about it. It's another to do it. So back and forth, it's hard because it all yeah. sounds so exciting and like a great idea. But then when you think about it's like taking a medication, side effects may include haunting and possession. But dang, yeah. Michaela had a great experience with a spirit box. I know. It, it's beautiful. That's so touching. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Peanut. And the fact that her dad like pushed through all of these spirits to get to her. Just Throwing bows. But it also means that he is actually not far from her ever because he so easily or so quickly came through, you know, like she asked for him and it took a few moments, but he did it, which means that he's probably with her all the time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a sweet way to look at that. Thank you. (laughs) Good job, Sabrina. You're bringing comfort to many. (laughs) Oh gosh. Ah, wow. This was a good Uh, episode. It was. I like talking about haunted theaters because they're places that people (laughs) still go to. It's not like some abandoned place or some someone's house that you'll never be at. It's Yeah. You can go watch Bon Jovi probably at some of these places. Seriously. Well, before I did the theater I chose, the Oriental Theater in Chicago, I was gonna do a bunch of small or a bunch of different theaters from Broadway just because I think that's like the epicenter of theater and I mean or of musical theater at least and I feel like so many people visit those theaters but then I was like eh, I'll do something different I like the one you chose we Me both too. did oh wait never mind <laughs> what I was going to say we both did ones outside of the U.S., but yours is like <laughs> Chicago. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff happening in Chicago, so who knows where it actually is. It's an anomaly. Maybe yeah. Chicago's not really where we think it is. Maybe you actually enter a wormhole and you're like in the middle of the sea out in the Pacific. Whoa. Things to think about. The earth is flat. No, just kidding. <laughs> My favorite thing to watch is... Have you ever seen those YouTube videos where people try to prove that the earth is flat? So they take a... <laughs> yeah, they're like, look they, at this beam of light. The angle at which like the a, light goes on the cloud. Yeah, and then they take like a bowl and they pour water on the bottom of the bowl so it like falls off the edges. And it's like, if the earth was round, the water would just fall off. The people... Oh, my gosh. I was about <laughs> to say people are so stupid, but we might have some flat earthers out there that listen. I don't want to say that. People yeah, probably are like, you you're want. stupid. Believe what you want, but when I go to space, I'll take pics and I'll prove it to you. I feel like you and I are in an interesting position, and I feel like a lot of people are in this, where we like science and we believe in science, but we also believe that there are things that science can't explain. Absolutely. I think there are things that our our minds can't explain, so that science, therefore science can't explain. I mean, scientists don't even really know how dreams work, and that's something that people experience every single freaking day. Yeah, except for me this week because I think I've been so tired that I haven't been dreaming. <laughs> it's just great. been astral projecting and getting more work done. <laughs> I wish. That'd be amazing. I need to start controlling that. Use my mugwort oil, which someone just posted on our Facebook page. I believe they sell it at Deathwicks, which is in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. 
there are a bunch of different like oils and mixtures right, yeah. and stuff that you can get. It's supposed Potions. to help with dreams and it makes them more vivid and you can like control them. There are also a bunch of plants that are supposed to help you, like indoor plants that are supposed to help Ooh. you sleep better that produce oxygen at night. Interesting. So you There's can look so into getting one of those in your room. Yeah, and then Leo will eat it. Oh my gosh, I met a witch the other day. <gasps> Where? It was yesterday, actually. Um, <laughs> I was putting together a little gift box for a couple of my friends who were graduating from our master's program. And nice. I know, I'm so sweet, the sweetest. <laughs> but um, I was in the liquor store, and I was trying to pick out some like little nips to throw into the box. And mm-hmm. the woman came over, and she was helping me. And I was like, do I get the tequila, or do I get the vodka? And I was holding up the two. And we were both like ooing and aahing over that like skull alcohol bottle, you know that. Ooh, brand yeah, I got that vodka. for my brother for Christmas. You did? Oh, I, I got did. it for my mom once too. Because <laughs> um, it's just so cool, and like you can it keep really the bottle cool. after and yeah. put a little decor in or something. Um, but yeah, so I was like, oh, I don't know, like, do do people like tequila or vodka better? And she goes, well, I'm a witch, so I like the school better. And then I was like, I'm basically a witch, too. <laughs> and then we started talking, and she actually does practice witchcraft. Like, she's a Wiccan, and her daughter is, too. And she mentioned something about her sons, but I don't remember what she said. But, yeah, she – I mean, this was Whoa. down over in Everett, Massachusetts. But um, we were talking about, like, Salem, and she knew a bunch of people that do all the spiritual stuff up there. And oh, Salem. my gosh. It was cool. <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah, she told me that she someone was like really awful to her, did something horrible. So she was like, you're going to regret that. I'm going to put a curse on you. And whatever she did actually worked. And the guy came begging for her to change and was like, I'll pay you money to like reverse the curse. And she it's was like, like ah, I don't feel like doing it quite yet. This is what happened to my dad. Oh, yes. My dad didn't do anything wrong, but he was hexed by some guy. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. See, it really does happen. Yeah. I want to meet a witch. Well, I can bring you to her. I know where she works. She was so nice. She helped me like wrap up my gift and everything because I brought in all of the wrapping stuff with me to make sure things would fit in the box. She was into it. So kind. Yeah, I was into it too. I didn't want to (laughs) leave. I love talking to her. She was so cool. Um, You should go back. (laughs) <laughs> just walk in. I'm not here to buy anything. I just want to talk to the just witch. Just want to hang. <laughs> Is the witch working? <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Um, don't forget to email us your ghost stories to two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. And also, merch is coming out with this episode. So go check it out two girls one ghost merch dot big cartel.com or check out our website two girls one ghost podcast.com and we'll have a link to merch there and what else we have instagram we have twitter we have facebook it's a facebook page that you can like like a business page and then there's a facebook group where you can join and it's a private group so whatever you post on there will not show up on your news feed to other people you're friends with exactly. on facebook it's completely private um, and it's, it's between really fun. the three thousand people on our Facebook page who all have the same interest. Yes, there's some good stuff posted on that thing. There's some really good stuff on there. And remember, we have a Patreon, and if you feel like donating, we have awesome bonuses 
for everyone. There's free stickers, free um, letters from our ghost, access to live Q&As, and discounts on merch. So if you want a discount on your merch, go over there, donate to us before you buy your merch, and you'll get a discount code. And also iTunes, 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 iTunes reviews. That's what we're looking Please. for. We're shopping for those things because we're trying to get to a thousand. And once we we're do, we're two we away right now, Corinne. We're two away. Two away. Oh my gosh! I need to just run outside and tell two people to review us. Wait, have I told you yet? <laughs> Someone created a podcast called Two Girls One Blind Spot" based on the show "Blind Spot," and I'm pretty sure they listen to our podcast. Very specific. Too coincidental. Sabrina? (laughs) I don't know. Wait, okay, we have 999 ratings right (gasps) now. It just updated? Amazing. We're one away, you guys. And once once we get to a thousand, we'll do a free merch giveaway. Wait, 999 upside down is 666. Sabrina, I'm alone right now. Why are you saying that? I'm scared. (laughs) Because you're not alone. (laughs) You're you're never (laughs) alone. Mine kind of has, when I try to do the weird voice, kind of, it's like two voices. Because you're you're never alone. (laughs) (laughs) And we will see you on the other side.